You're now listening to a Word for Deliverance podcast with Pastor Leonard D. Cochran of A Place of Refuge Noonan. A Place of Refuge Noonan is located in the city of Noonan, Georgia. To stay better connected with us for more exclusive information and updates, download our church app, A Place of Refuge Noonan, or visit our church website at apor-noonan.org. Now, let's join in for today's message. Notice first, we're going to start in the book of Philippians, and we're going to notice Philippians chapter number one. We're then going to go to Galatians chapter number five. We will conclude reading in Second Thessalonians chapter two. And so we're going to start in the book of Philippians chapter number one. We're then going to look at Galatians chapter number five. We are going to conclude reading in Second Thessalonians chapter number 2. Notice the book of Philippians chapter number 1 and verse number 27. Paul here is writing to the church at Philippi. Notice what the apostle Paul says in Philippians 1 and 27. He says, only let your conduct, now we talked about that word let from the beginning of the year, a powerful little word which means to allow something to be so allow something to be so and so if i if i allow something to be so it is so by my choice it is so by my choice and then notice paul said only let or allow your conduct only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of christ so that whether I come and see you or am absent, in other words, whether I'm there with you in person or if I'm nowhere around you, I may hear of your affairs or your doings, your actions, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. Paul, their leader, wants when he is present as well as when he is absent, and this is any good leader, that when he hear of the saints' affairs, basically he wants to hear a good report. He wants to hear a good report. He wants to hear basically that they are being taught and they're holding on to what is being given to them. That's what he wants. Notice the book of Galatia. But notice as you turn to Galatians 5 that Paul understands if he's going to hear good reports from the saints, then he understands that they have to stand fast in one spirit. Notice the book of Galatians. You're just, you're going what? You're going back. You're going back. You're putting it in reverse. Galatians 5. And notice verse number one, notice Paul writes here to a church, the church of Galatia in Galatians five and one. Notice the wording carefully. Paul says, stand fast. Therefore, in the liberty, the freedom, the rest by which Christ has made us free. Notice if we stand fast in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, something good is going to happen. Notice, and do not be entangled, watch the wording carefully, again. Do not be entangled again. Notice, whenever we stand fast in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, we know we're made free. Minister Brianna talked about it, John seventeen seventeen. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. John 8, 31, 32, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Notice when we stand fast in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. I love this. You don't have to worry about being entangled again with a yoke of bondage. So when I stand fast, I'm going to not be entangled with a yoke of bondage. That's a good thing. Notice Second Thessalonians. Now you're moving forward. And this is our final scripture. Y'all hang in here. Second Thessalonians. Notice chapter 2 and verse number 15. 
Oh, good word this morning. Love to hear the pages turning. Second Thessalonians 2 and verse number 15. Therefore, brethren or saints, this is Paul writing to the church of Thessalonica. Therefore, brethren or saints, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. Notice again, if I'm to stand fast, I have to know how to hold to certain traditions. I have to know how to grab something, possess something that's valuable and not let it go no matter what I go through. But in order to do it, I have to stand fast. Notice who he's talking to. Therefore, brothering the church or the saints stand fast. Based upon all that I've said and read, my subject this morning is stand fast, saints. Stand fast, saints. Tell the subject to a neighbor. Tell them my subject this morning. Stand fast, saints. Now let's give God a praise for our subject this morning. Come on, let's give him a tremendous hand of praise for our subject. Stand Fast, saints. We need to stand fast, saints. Without question, there are a lot of things and there are a lot of people who are warring against the church, against the saints. Or against God's people. Understand. We live in a time. Where there are a lot of things. And a lot of people. Who are warring. Against the saints. And so. Ever since the birth. Of the New Testament church. There has been spiritual warfare. You know, people love to talk about spiritual warfare as if it's something new. But no, spiritual warfare is nothing new, not even in the Old Testament. But certainly, as being a part of the New Testament church, we certainly have to understand that we are in spiritual warfare. We are in a spiritual battle. Come on, saints. I said we're in a spiritual battle. Now understand, when it comes to spiritual warfare, Jesus himself knew that his church would be in a battle. Because in Matthew 16 and 18, our Lord himself says to his disciples, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell, or Hades, watch this, shall not prevail against it. So Jesus understood that the church would be under great attack. Come on, saints. I said he knew the church would be under great attack. And so I say to us this morning that if you're truly saved, come on, I said if you're truly saved, then you also are under some type of an attack. Come on. And I don't know about y'all, but my life is one of constantly being attacked by this, that, and the other. Come on. I've gotten so accustomed to spiritual warfare, watch it, that when some people say and do certain things to me, I'm able to look past the person and know my real enemy. Yeah, because see, some of y'all, you getting, you, you getting all bent out of shape over what people are doing. But don't you know sometimes people do things to you out of ignorance, not truly understanding who you are and what you represent. I pray for people who come against me. Well, yes, I do. Yes, I do. I'm going to say it again. I pray for people who come against me. Even those who do it secretly. 
Come on, y'all, because you got some shady folks out here. You got some people who love to befriend you, but they're anything but a friend. Oh, I'm going to break this one down. You have people who smile in your face, but they don't like nothing about you. Am I right about it? If I'm right, you shouldn't mind shouting, show he right. Shout, show he right. You can be seated. We've all had a friend of two who wasn't who they said they was. Am I right? Have you ever had somebody who said they was with you? But after time you found out, not only were they not with you in that moment, but they never been with you. That's why you can't just hear what people say and get happy based off words. I look more so at actions. Am I right? So we are under attack. We are in spiritual warfare. And there's no way to win at spiritual warfare if we don't have an anointed mind. We talked about this on New Year's Eve night. That this year we would need an anointed mind. Am I right? So we knew things were going to attack our mind this year. But we needed the ability when things attack our mind to be able to cast down the wrong thoughts. To be able to bring the wrong thoughts into captivity. Watch this and replace what is wrong with what is right. Come on. And, and that's maturity. Do y'all understand it? That's maturity. If you get a wrong or evil thought and you don't deal with it. You don't cast it down. You don't replace it with a thought that is right or biblical you are immature. I don't care how long you've been saved, you're still immature. Why, Pastor? Because you think like a child. But see, an adult already knows when things enter into our mind that we can't let this stay here. I cannot keep thinking like this today and have a productive day. I can't continue thinking like this and expect my family to be productive. I can't continue thinking like this and have a productive marriage or be a productive single or be a productive leader. And so that's why God chooses to work on our minds. That we can have the mind of Christ. Are y'all with me? Because in this battle that we are in, again, it's going to take an anointed mind to prevail. And some of us, we are too narrow-minded. We are still allowing simple, minute, small things to cause us to stumble. You got to get beyond that. You have to grow up. And this is a church, like it or not, that pushes us to grow up. This church ain't for everybody. This church ain't for everybody. Because here you won't get your way. And I'm always through the messages going to be pushing us to grow up. That's what this church is all about. That's when people come. And sometimes I can look at them and know I'll never see them again. They don't want to be pushed like that. They don't want to be challenged like that. But can I be honest? I would never be where I am today if the word didn't challenge me. Come on, I'm the man I am because the word challenged that little boy in me. Challenge me. And a lot of men don't like to be challenged. Come on. You have a lot of men, they don't want to be challenged in the church. They don't want to be challenged in the workforce. 
But you'll never be a real man of God without embracing correction and rebuke. Y'all know I'm right. Nobody can. Nobody can. And so again, you're going to get it here. Come on. And when you're getting it, just know that I've already gotten it. Okay? Whenever I come out here and you think, oh, the world whipping today, then you ought to know. God been tanned, Pastor. That's right. And don't take this wrong, but this is even the reason why I had to mature as a pastor. Do you understand this church ain't for everybody? You want to be cuddled and babied all the time? This church ain't for you. And you won't hurt my feelings by leaving. Just do things right. Come on, somebody. Some of us, I'm telling you in a nice way that you need to grow up. Stop being so childish. Know how Paul talked about that when I hear of your affairs, I'll know you're standing fast. Can I be honest? Sometimes I'm getting bad reports from people. I'm getting some bad reports from folk that they are not standing fast. You mean she tripped over that? You mean to tell me she got upset over that? You mean to tell me that that bothered him? He left the church thinking I was only talking about him? Knowing, watch this, that I don't even know him? You know the enemy messing with you when you leave church thinking pastor was talking about you and you know pastor don't even know your name. It's good teaching. You won't get it everywhere. That's the reason I told you last week, you can't eat everywhere. You can't eat everywhere. You can't eat everything. Just like I don't eat everything in the natural, I don't listen to every preacher. Now, I'm going to say this, bold. Part of the problem in the church today, and this is thanks to the Internet, some people are listening to too many people. They're eating at too many tables. Y'all know I'm right. These are people who are looking to hear what they want to hear. Watch this. Even though God being omniscient knows what you need to hear. And that's a problem in the church. This is the problem with online church. Is that people online tend to listen to some of everybody. You say, Pastor, why, 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 what are you saying in essence? I'm saying that whenever you're going to grow, you need a steady diet of what God knows you need. So you can't come one week, get mad, and skip three weeks. You done skip three meals that were tailor-made for you. Y'all know I'm right about it. You don't see no mama unless she's out of her mind getting her baby, putting that baby on her breast, letting him suck. But then the mama will also let the baby suck on another mama's breast. Mamas don't do that. There has to be an emergency for a mother to do such a thing. Am I right? Now, some of y'all women good and say, but somebody might get cussed out if they ask you, let me feed them. Come on, mama bears. Y'all, some mamas in here going, you're going to have a problem with that. Why shouldn't a pastor have a problem with members who want to eat everywhere? And then when you come back to church, I'm left to deal with your messed up spirit. And you're growling at me when I'm preaching. Is it right? Part of maturity is knowing how to get somewhere and be sealed. 
Pastor, I'm leaving because I got mad. See you back with your immature self. You only going somewhere else, they're going to find out about you too. It better sometimes to say what folks already know. You know, they can give an account for you sometimes. Oh, he just like that sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, yeah, it was early in the morning. He, 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 when he, he'll be different after church. That's one reason I love my family. One, that I didn't choose them. And then two, I know them. I know them. When you know certain things about folk, you don't let it get on your nerves. They prove to you who they are. <laughs> right? Y'all should know me by now. You've been there 10 years. Time. I'm trying to see what he all about. <laughs> You've been there 10 years and you still don't know. Trying to see if what they saying is true or, or not. Come on. Bible says, know them that labor among you. See, see, God being the chief shepherd, the great shepherd, the good shepherd, he wants you to know the shepherd, the under shepherd that he's placed over you. He wants you to know my character. So that when you hear certain things, you already know, hey, that ain't pastor. But if you entertaining them lies, then shame on you. Let's deal with some definitions. Amen. Y'all with me? Seem like y'all with me. Let's look at the word saint. Number one, a saint deals with the brethren or the children of God. Remember, when it comes to being a child of God, that's a choice. Everybody is not a child of God. All souls belong to God. We are all God's creation. But to be a child of God, you have to choose to be so. Now, people get really mad about that online. But if you look at John 8, verse 40 and following, Jesus told a group of religious people, people who knew the word, you are of your father, the devil. See, see, you're either a child of God or you're a child of the devil. Right? But when it comes to saints, we are children of God, of the Most High God. Amen? Now, understand, we are not perfect. We are not flawless. Come on. I wish you tell somebody, I'm not perfect. Tell them if you look close enough, you'll see imperfections. Whoa, where are my married folks at? Where are my married people? That you see imperfections in your spouse. Come on, married folk. Get your hands up. Don't be ashamed to be married. You, you made the decision. Okay, put your hand down. Don't you see some things about your spouse that others don't see? Men, don't you just love it when people come up to you and say about your wife, Oh, she's just so sweet. And you, you just be wanting to say, not all the time. Not all the time. What you doing? I'm singing, not all the time. Not all the time. Because why? You see them, them imperfections. See, understand, even in a church, look how much we worship together. When you're in an auxiliary, look, look how much you're interacting with people in that auxiliary. You're going to see their imperfections. She bossy. Yeah, you get to see that. Because you work with her. Come on. And anybody ever been to a nice restaurant? And, and when you go in that restaurant and you sit down, you think everything you see is just perfect. Everything just perfect. But see, watch this. Go in the kitchen. They dropping stuff. They bumping into each other. They, I've been in restaurants where they were fussing back there. Am I right? So we, so we are blameless in the sense that we are not practicing sin. 
I get no joy out of violating God's laws. Watch, but I used to. Come on, I used to. I used to violate this and was glad. Come on. All my days of chasing women, I loved it. I was violating the law and I wanted to do it as much as I could. Don't look at me like that. Don't judge me. I've already been forgiven. Some of you used to do things that you knew when you do that. You were violating God's law. Whether it be drugs, whether it be drinking, fornication, stealing, cheating. Woo! We knew we were violating God's law and we loved every minute of it. One of the things I never understood coming back to the church after I got old and left the church from growing up in the church is the old saints would get up and say, you know, it was a miserable life of sin. And I'd be sitting out there like, hey, I don't know where you've been doing. <laughs> but it's good to me. See, that's right. When you look at some of your old pictures when you was in the club, you weren't frowning. Dressing like a whore, but you thought you was it. You know you did. You thought you was it. See, that's who we were until he saved us. Right? Now we may violate the law, but there needs to be a quickness about repenting, watch, or turning. The word repent does not just suggest saying I'm sorry. But the word repentance has to do with turning. See, when I mess up, I got to turn from that. Don't keep doing the same thing. Don't keep falling to the same thing. You got to turn. And when you're truly sorrowful and you turn, God will help you. Am I right? Stand fast. Number one means to stand firm. It can be used as a military term. Stand fast or stand being firm. Let's break down firm. Being confident, being bold, and being fearless. See, to truly be saved nowadays, a person has to be to the point to where he or she is not ashamed of the gospel. I'm standing fast or I'm being firm. Listen, parents, you have to be firm in how you raise your children nowadays. Now, some folk not going to like it, but it's right. I'm being confident, I'm being bold, and I'm being fearless. All this mess out here, I'm going to stand against it. Don't matter who get upset with me, I'm going to stand firm on certain things. Had the grandkids yesterday. What a day. That's all I'm going to say. What a day. What a day. Had one call, said you got room for another. Bring them. Bring them. What a day. My grandson picked up a dog. I had, I said, hey, boys don't play with dogs. He said, but I'm being dead. I said, you better pick up a truck or something. I said, boys don't play with dogs. The other one picked up a pocketbook. I, I said, what? I said, hey, come on now. I said, do boys tell pocketbook? Mm. I said, put that down then. See, nowadays, they don't want you to do stuff like that. Nowadays, folk online and some in here may be calling me cruel. But that ain't cruel. If you don't teach a boy that he's a boy, he might just think he's a girl. Don't you affirm any actions that's wrong. I know I'm right. Folk getting upset now because people whoop children. Look at those of us 50 and above. We got some good. You know, our ends got tore up. Come on, we survived it and are better because of it. You know, I ain't advocating beating no child, but there are some children, time out, don't work for them. 
Nothing's wrong with spanking when a parent or a grandparent is in control. If you're so mad that you're out of control, you don't need to discipline in that type way. Be seated, y'all. And a parent, a grandparent, we can lose control. Right? But if you're going to stand firm, the way you raise your children may be different than how your kinfolk doing. This craziness again about letting a child pick who they're going to be is a violation of God's law. God himself has decided what the child is. And you're either male or female. Am I right? And see, if you're going to live and teach that way, you have to know how to stand fast. In the day and time we live in, in what they call the woke culture or the council culture. You say certain things, people try to counsel you. Y'all know I'm right about it. Is it good? Number two, when you stand fast, you persevere despite persecution and trials. You're not standing fast if you are allowing persecution, mistreatment, to cause you to backslide or be depressed every other day. You have to stand fast because all of us are going to be mistreated. Right? Sometimes you're going to suffer mistreatment. Listen to me carefully. In your own church. Now does that mean you leave the church? Huh? If that's the case, you wouldn't even have a pastor. Because I ain't got mistreated more than all y'all. Okay? But I understand that's part of it. That's part of it. You cannot allow trials or difficulties cause you to fold. I took two or three messages talking about don't fold. Don't break. Don't even bend. Why being if you don't have to? Learn to walk upright. Am I right? Don't fold. And then finally, this is what we really got to understand. This is the main definition I want you to get of stand fast. To be stationary. To be stationary. Pastor, what does to be stationary mean? It means to remain in place. See, things are going to attack you on purpose to get you out of place. To run you out of your place. You always got to listen, not just with your natural ear, but let him that hath an ear, let him or her hear what the Spirit of the Lord says unto the church. What did Bishop Walker come and deliver to a place of refuge, Nuna, primarily? He talked about rank-keeping sheep. Remaining in your place. Since that message, we've had sheep break rank. Why? Because they didn't understand. Whenever a word comes, yeah, get happy. But know that the enemy is coming to make you do the opposite of that word. If the word say we are to be rank-keeping sheep, that suggests that amongst us there is order. Come on, tell your, tell your neighbor, there's order in God's house. Everybody has a place. And everybody needs to stay in there. Oh, y'all, they won't even tell nobody. Is that just for church? If you tell me in your house, everybody don't have a place, then I know your house is out of order. Come on, I know your house is out of order. And so you get a house out of order, no good coming to that house. Listen, until that man or that woman brings order. 
Order is not at my house just because I want it. Order is at my house because I enforce it. Any rule you don't enforce, people going to break. Boy, I'm teaching good. Pastor has his place. Leaders have their place. Members have their place. Now, pastor in his place, you stay in your place. And if pastor in his place, the leaders in their place, watch this church. It's easy for people to come and join the church, desire to be a part of the church because they see the order that's within the church. People are leaving churches where there is no order. Folk get tired of the same things happening because of a lack of order. For God is not the author of confusion. But of peace as in all of the churches of God. See, we must have order. To have order, people must remain in their place. Even if you're in church here and you think you can do a better job than another leader, if God hadn't put you in that place, don't try to get out of order. Don't try to promote yourself. Don't try to undermine somebody else. So that you can be where they are. That's jealousy. That's being envious. Oh, some of y'all not going to like that. The reason some of y'all are... Some of you, you're too envious of people. All that anger and bitterness lies in you because of how envious you are of people. And as long as you envious of somebody else, you'll never find out who God created you to be. Because you can't beat me at being me. So why try? Jealousy stops the moment you start appreciating who God created you to be. Because then I can love what's different about me and you. I can even love your greatness. Watch this, which benefits me. That's the reason jealousy and envy has no place in God's church. And sometimes God removes saints who won't change. Now they'll think they left on their own, but they didn't. They would not change, and God got tired of it. God not going to let envious people consistently be around people who's trying to unite. And the only thing this person want to do is, is disrupt and cause trouble. Y'all know I'm right about it. We finna get in the meat of the teaching. Please listen. Go to 1 John. Go to 1 John. I know there are so many of y'all, y'all appreciate scriptures. Go to 1 John. Oh, I'm teaching right now. God is helping me this morning. Notice 1 John. Yeah, everything needs order. Everything needs order. 1 John 2. And sometimes things get out of order. And, and that's where we have to come. We have to seek God for wisdom. Come on. James said, if any man lack wisdom, let him what? Ask. Can't you look at your life sometime and know this, this ain't in order? How many more checks you got to bounce? How long you got to always be behind on bills? How long you got to always wonder shop? How long you got to always take hand-me-downs? See, it comes a time where you can't, you got to look at your finances. Me and Donna did it years ago. We looked at our finances, and this is, this is that moment where I say the light came on or we got wisdom. We had to step back and say, this ain't no trial. This ain't no trial. We being wasteful. We not using what we have with wisdom. This ain't no trial. Woo! See, as long as you think your financial trouble is a trial, then you're waiting on God. You're not changing. You're not adjusting. You're not improving. You just looking for money out of nowhere. And that's where the internet preachers get you. Send in your hundred dollars. And we're going to send you a, a, a red handkerchief. Put the red handkerchief under your pillow. 
After two days, your right hand gonna start itching. That means money coming. Let me tell you something. My hand done itched before and I was broke and I... Get them superstitions out of here. I don't believe in superstition. I don't believe in horoscopes. It's the month for the Gemini. You better get that foolishness out of here. That's foolishness. That's horoscope. That's worshiping false God. That's idolizing stars and what God created. That's not for God's people. We leave that up to the sinners. Nobody needs to read my poem. I read my own poem. You know what it said? Better, bigger. Better, bigger. I don't need Miss Dora. Bella, bigger. What's happening to me today? Bella and bigger. I'm laying it down today. Keep being wasteful, wondering why you're struggling. Any and everything going on up in your house with grown people that you won't put out. And you wonder why your house is cursed. Look who lives there. Now I'm going to tolerate my babies. My toddlers. But I ain't tolerating foolishness from grown people. You don't walk the line. Walk your own line. Some of your children would do better if they knew you wasn't so soft. Pastor, I was going to get him, but he started crying. Let him cry. First John 2, he eating up too much bologna anyway. Eating a whole pack of bologna now. By itself. <laughs> And you ask about a job, they ain't hiring. You know what you need to tell them, Dad? I'm hiring. That grass need cut. I'm hiring. These leaves need to get up. I'm hiring. Same way with your daughters. You hiring. Now, I ain't saying work them like no slave. First, first John, I got to get ready to come in. Some of y'all did put them the hard label. They got to work for shoes and all that. I ain't talking about that now. While you sit up being lazy. I ain't talking about that. Not talking about children who are young raising babies you had. I'm not talking about that. Be careful with that. The child didn't bring that baby in the world. Be careful with stuff like that. Babysit your brother. Babysit your brother. Babysit your brother. After a while, she feel like she mama. She want to get up out of here because she wants a break. Be careful. Go get that ball already. No, you get up and go get that ball already. Y'all remember them old school parents? Wouldn't even get their own shoes. Go get my shoes. You better not. You better not. Somebody, you ain't going to get them shoes. <laughs> you asking to get cussed down. <laughs> Okay, first John two. Lord have mercy, I gotta speed up. Y'all here, right? Y'all ain't gonna run out, right? All right, I got you here now. First John two and eighteen. Little children talking to saints. It is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. By which we know that it is the last hour. If Paul hundreds and hundreds of years ago called it the last hour, we are now in the last minute. And the reason saints need to stand strong is because there are many antichrists. Everybody's looking for the Antichrist, the son of perdition. Not realizing 
among us now, there are many antichrists. Anti means against. I got to break this down. Antichrist means Christ being Jesus. Who is Jesus? Number one, y'all got to get this. If you're taking notes, you got to get it. People are anti-God. Come on. They're anti-God. You have more people today who hate and despise God. They are anti-God now. The laws our nations are making, they're anti-God. They're anti-God. People are anti-Bible. Come on, they're anti-Bible. Don't want this in the school systems. Don't want this to govern our nation and our laws. Why? Men are anti-Bible now. You ever notice now how you try to give folks the word and they get mad? You ever notice when you give people Bible, listen, not your opinion, you give them Bible and they offend it. Come on, they're hurt. Well, I am offended. Don't matter. I gave you Bible. Right? Finally, people are anti-church. What is all this hatred for the church for now? Look how many people the church has helped. Look what good churches do in communities. Oh, y'all, I'm finna hit you with one. Y'all know I'm not prejudiced. And I'm a black man. But we're seeing too much hatred of the church among black people. One good thing many of us had going for us when we were growing up is that we had to go to church. You didn't get a choice. Only way you didn't go if mama stayed out too late and she went up to going. Other than that, you go to church. Am I right? Look at movies now. Anti-God. Anti-Bible. Anti-church. Who's doing it worse than anybody? Black folk. Why we always got to make the movies that talk about God, that downgrade Jesus. Why we got to take them roles? See, y'all mad at me now. Look how they propping up Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union. When all they marriage represents, if you look at it, is Will and Jada. It's a reversal of what God created. It is the woman leading the man. Same way with Rihanna and whoever this ASAP, peace out. On the cover of the magazine, he got the baby, she in front leading him. Same picture with Dwayne and Gabrielle. What are they saying to her? Black man, sit down. You've been fired. But see, the black man needs to stand up and say, you can't fire what you didn't hire. Y'all ain't ready for this. Some of y'all ain't ready for this. Because see, now I'm getting you in your culture. It's affecting the minds of children. But see, it's anti-God. It's anti-Bible. Dwayne Wade took his sons from their mother, used his stardom and his power to rip two boys out of the hands of a good mama. Why? So that he could turn one of the boys into a girl. And benefit off of it. See, that's anti-God. But see, they're pushing an agenda. Every movie now has to include somebody gay. 
And I'm going to stop saying gay because gay means happy. They stole that word and we want it back. Y'all are not gay. You are not happy. You are homosexual. Let me close. And you don't own the rainbow either. God, saints don't want to wear the rainbow. The rainbow came from God. A promise from God that I'm the sovereign one. Let me point out three things and I'm done. See, parents, beware when your children go off to college. Most professors are atheists. First thing now they want to do in school is rip out the godliness that's been instilled in children. That is the agenda now. I'm telling y'all. They move it fast. It's not a Democrat or a Republic thing. It's an Antichrist thing. Amen? Woo! Philippians. I'm going to point this out and we're done. Y'all give me. Let me see can I do it in five minutes. Philippians 1. Don't y'all think like that. See, some of y'all, he can't. See, you're wrong. You're wrong for that. You're wrong for that. And just God <laughs> rebuke. You're wrong for that. One even amen in me. And, and then I had to deal with you and take up 30 minutes. I mean, 30 seconds. I said, let me close this in five minutes. He'll never do it. <laughs> I said, know them that labor among you. Even if you know that, keep that to yourself. Pastor going to do it. He going to do it, y'all. Philippians 1, in verse number 27. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, one mind. Notice this. Striving together for the faith of the gospel. Number one, our conduct matters. How we act here at the church matters. How you act at home matters. How you act on the job matters. How you act in Food Depot matters. Because when you act out of character, people say about you, I thought they would say. See, even some of your kinfolk do y'all like that. You're doing stupid stuff and your children look at my, oh, <laughs> mama's going to be saved. <laughs> what, what save is, who knows? See, our conduct matters. Y'all don't want me anywhere acting any kind of way. Y'all don't want to see me on Facebook without my shirt, tight shorts on, big gold chain. Some of you didn't say nigga. You were like, oh, pastor, he damn. My past cool, man. Now, I ain't going to lie to y'all. I don't wear sweatpants to the beach no more. Now, I did stop that, y'all. Years ago, we go to the beach, I have on sweatpants. Donald would be like, you, you going to burn up? Yeah. I said, you know me. I don't wear certain stuff. It got hot out there, y'all. It got hot and God started speaking. He, he said, take them there off. <laughs> but I do wait till I get there. And then, I, you know, I come relaxing. But, but, but listen, but ain't no foolishness. You don't want a foolish pastor. Listen, hold on. If you don't want a foolish pastor, what makes you think I want a foolish member? So our conduct matters. Husband, I got to hear good things from y'all. Wives, I got to hear good things from y'all. Leaders, I need to hear good things from y'all. Singles, I need to hear good things. Amen? Don't want to hear what my single women are throwing themselves at me. I don't want to hear that. When a, when a single brother come into church, he's not a piece of meat. He, he, he's not that which you start prophesying. God showed me. With them hungry eyes, you mine. And I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> that ain't it. 
Our conduct matters. Listen, bad conduct disrupts unity. Am I right? Galatians 5. Woo, I'm moving it, y'all. Back. I'm moving it. I'm moving it. Galatians 5. I want to hear that bad conduct. If I do hear of it, I also want to hear, but pastor, she got that right. She got that right, pastor. We back where we need to be. She got that right. He got that right, pastor. Amen? Yeah. Come on, Galatians 5. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Not set us free. His created power made us free. Do not be entangled again. Again. Do not be entangled again. See, some of what keeps entangling us, it doesn't have to be if you'll stand fast. With a yoke of bondage. And see, tell your neighbor, bottom line. Don't get deceived again. Second Thessalonians, and we done. I think I did it, y'all. Second Thessalonians, and we done. Second Thessalonians, man, gotta love being fed good. Second Thessalonians two fifteen. Therefore, brethren, stand fast, hold the tradition. Somebody shall hold, which you were taught, whether by word or our. Epistle. Tell you, when you stand fast, it says about you that you're holding traditions. Listen, because I'm going to point out two things to be done. This is so important in this modern age that we live in. We don't hold to every tradition, but there are certain things that we are taught. Number one, that will never get old or outdated. Listen to me. Because things in the world are going to continue to decline. But listen. Holiness will never get old. And never get old. Dressing right. Dressing modest. Y'all, y'all see how I dropped that song, Sister Caroline? I just barely. Come on. You didn't catch that, Sister Hardy? Did y'all catch that? You catch it, Minister Vaughn? How I dropped it real soft. See, a certain stuff ain't going to get old. Dressing right, that's not old. Now listen, we don't take our young girls, mothers, and dress them like they 40. Young people not going to want to wear what we wear as older people. Right? But as older folk, we need to set the standard. Is that all right? Tell your neighbor, some things will never get old or outdated. Listen, respecting our elders that'll never get old, that'll never get outdated. That's elders in the sense of the church. That's elder in the sense of older people. Respect your elders. An elderly person is going out the door. You younger, you don't walk before them. You open the door for them. You let the elderly go out. You do certain things and God will bless you. Always respect your pastor when he's deserving of respect. Respect leaders and God will bless you. Some things never get old or outdated. Is that right? Finally, it says to us, never let go what you've been taught. Never let go. And let me tell you something. There are things coming at your mind with the sole purpose of causing you to let go of what you've been taught. See, you're taught in here that you can hold on to it out there and including your home. Are you right? Tell your neighbor, if you really have something valuable, something precious, like the word, it's worth fighting to hold on to. Listen, how many got something valuable that ain't nobody just going to walk up and take from you? I mean, you have it on you now, right now. Anybody got anything worth fighting for? Man, this message is over, but I, I, I'm, 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 I'm nosy. And I want to know what you have today. Because you raise your hand. That you got with you today that's worth fighting for. Somebody mind sharing? One, this is one or two words. This ain't paragraph. Uh-huh. Your ring. It's worth fighting for. You're going to hold on to it. Okay, somebody, uh huh. That Versace watch. He named the brand too. That Versace watch. 
Uh-huh. Your watch, bro, forward. Oh, he holding on to his lady, y'all. Woo! What he real men at? What he real men? Ain't gonna let no little punks disrespect your woman. Come on, what the real brothers at? Some of y'all brothers looking like, oh, I get her, man. Hey, some brother looking like, you gonna bring her back. <laughs> hey, good, brother, for, uh, Ms. Barnes? Your rings. I like that. Somebody else? Somebody else? Dean Cocker? What's in that bill for? I heard that. He got yours. What's in that bill for? Uh huh, Sister Keisha? Your diamond. See, we all got something. And then folks will tell you, oh, y'all materialistic folks, you gonna die for that ring? No, but ain't, you ain't gonna just take this one. It's pressure. How much more precious is what we have been taught that we hold on? Amen. Stand fast, saints. We done. Give God a praise. Give him a praise. We pray that you are blessed by today's message. Be sure to listen and share other messages available through our podcast outreach. We thank you for all of your past, present, and future support for our ministry. And remember, Jesus is a refuge.